morning. How are we doing? It's a good morning. Somebody's good. You know, um, life's full of ups and downs, isn't it? Anybody discovering that? You might be on an up at the moment, which is great, you know. Um, learn why you're on an up, but some people are going through a down at the moment. So you know, I want to encourage people that are, carry on going. Those who are on an up, stay focused on God because it's easy to focus on the things that are helping you, um, but actually keep your eyes on God. I think it's, it's easier to, to take your eyes off God when it's going well than it is when it's going tough. We run to God when we've got a problem, don't we? And, uh, but when it's going well, we kind of slack back a little bit. But if you are going through a tough time this morning, I want to encourage you, this is a safe place. Carry on going, be yourself. Um, I can see some of you aren't smiling. It's not my fault, so can you smile? I'm just kidding, okay. But this is a safe place for you this morning. Um, yeah, I, I started this series, um, started last week on Faith of the Centurion, and uh, one of the reasons I did this because I felt as a church we're looking to build bridges. And I believe this guy with his faith built big bridges with his community. And I said he was a little bit unusual because he was a centurion. And as a centurion, he, um, you know, it should have been really the people of God that were building bridges within that community. God's chosen people, the Israelites, the Jews, had, had the revealed word of God. They knew how they should live their lives. They, they knew how they should lo- love people. They'd been given the knowledge, but actually they weren't doing it generally within that community. Yet Jesus comes across this guy, and it says that he's amazed at him. The translation says one of the words there we use is marvel. Any marvel fans in this morning? There weren't many in last week. It, it, it kind of went, any marvel fans? Boom. I'm going to have to change my preach now or, or what I'm doing. But uh, he marveled at them. He marveled at this man. And uh, we looked at this man, and there were some things great that this man was doing. But when we looked at it, it was his faith that he marveled at. It was his belief. It was his trust in Jesus that he marveled at. And uh, Jesus basically says to him, when he, when he approaches he comes to his house, he, the, the, the guy sent people because his servant's ill and he wants his servant to become well. So he sends people to Jesus. And as Jesus comes close to the house, the centurion says, you know, I'm not worthy to have you come under my house. Just say the word and my servant will be well. So he had a faith in who God was, who Jesus was. And actually the power of God's word was sufficient enough to heal his servant. God just had to say the word and it would be done. The power of God's word. And I said that this, Jesus marveled at him and it's the only time he marveled at somebody's faith on a positive. He marvels at it on a negative when people don't believe him. But it's the only time that he marvels at somebody else. Everybody marvels at Jesus because Jesus is awesome and amazing. But on this occasion, Jesus actually marveled at this man's faith. And so I said, what is faith? Faith is mainly built up of three aspects. Number one, it's based on truth. So it's not just, oh, I believe in this God, but I'm not quite sure what he's like. Or I believe in God's but I'm kind of guessing. No, it's not built on something that's invisible. It's built on something that's solid. It's built on truth. That's why we read the Bible and we preach the the Word of God because we believe it's the Word of God and we believe it's the truth of God. And actually, so when we build our lives, we build it on faith, which is a belief in the Word of God. Agree? So I said that it's built on truth. And then there's a conviction that you have to have that it goes deeper into you. 
Actually, I believe this truth, and I'm not just going to be a hearer of the Word of God. I'm actually now going to take it into my heart, and I'm actually going to do something with it. I'm convicted that actually I believe it, and I'll actually outwork it. Okay, so this is, this is what I said faith was. And then what happened with the next part of it is actually you have to trust it. You have to trust God at his word and that his word is sufficient and that his word works when we put it into practice. That he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That he is a rewarder of those who trust him and are faithful to him. He rewards his faithful servants. Are you, are you, are you with me this morning? So I believe Jesus marveled at his faith because he believed in his word and he understood something of who God was and he was basing his life on, it didn't just happen on this day, it didn't just Jesus turn up and all of a sudden he decided to have a wow moment and go, I'm going to believe this man that I've never met before. No, he heard something about Jesus. He'd grown up around and and helped the Jewish people, helped them to teach the word of God in the synagogue. I believe this man had opened his heart up to Jesus, opened his heart up to God, and had an understanding fundamentally of who God was and how you should outwork God's word in his life. Does anybody want that? Because I know me, I want to stand before Jesus one day and him go, do you know what, Paul, you marveled me on that day. You marveled me. I know it was tough. I know it was difficult. I know you were going through it, but you stood on the word and you carried, to, carried on believing me and following me, even though you went through trials and difficulties. You were, you were marvelous on that day. And I probably feel like, do you know what? I felt like I was awful. But anybody else want Jesus to marvel at you? This is not about pride or arrogance. Or We understand that we're, we're, that we're, we're actually, in the eyes of God, we're not worthy We're not worthy. We're not equal to God. We can never be equal to God. But I believe, actually, we can be a little bit like God. As we follow God, as we become his disciple, as we begin to listen to him and put his word into practice in our lives, what happens is we begin to get transformed from the inside out and become a little bit like God. Does that make sense? And that's what we're called to do. So this morning, I thought it'd be good to just go back into the chapter previously, because personally, this is just my opinion. I think Jesus teaches the word of God in chapter 6. Then, at the end of chapter 6, he says these words, let me show you a man who built his life on the word of God. He's like a man who built it on the rock When the trial comes, when the storm comes, here's how stood the test. There, there's another man who didn't build it on the word. And when the storm came, you you know the illustration. And this is just my opinion, okay? You, You can disagree with me. But I believe Jesus teaches on the word of God to the people. He stands up. He's on a mountain. He comes down to the people. He sits with the people. He teaches them word of God how to live their lives. And at the end of what he's taught them, he says, now, let me show you a man who has built his life on my word. He then walks into Capernaum and goes, wow, I've marveled. And I believe, this is just my opinion, that that was a part of Jesus' ministry. He was sent to the Israelites, but God was showing him how big God was and how he was going to expand from the Israelites to the people outside of Israel. And he sees on that day a man who had built his life on the word of God. Not just a hearer, not just somebody who turns up, oh, I like what it says, but actually a doer. 
Somebody who said, I, I've heard about God, and I'm actually going to put this into practice on my daily life. I'm going to build my life around this philosophy. I'm going to build up my life around who God is and what I've heard about him, because I really like it, and I really believe it. I'm convicted by it, and I'm going to trust in it. I'm going to outwork it. Even though I'm, I'm, I'm a centurion soldier, even though I'm not in with the Jews, I still like what I'm hearing, and I'm still going to put it into practice. And I believe Jesus walked into communion and said, Wow. He didn't say wow, actually. That's me. He said, he marveled and said to the Jews, I have never seen faith like this, not even in Israel. That's just my opinion. So I thought it'd be good to look at what Jesus taught before he went into Capernaum. And if we can have ears to hear, and we can be people who have faith to believe in the truth and be convicted enough to say, I'm going to live like this. I'm going to choose to live like this. Irrelevant of what other people think, no matter where I've come from my background, no matter what's going on in my life, today I'm going to choose. Do you know today you can change? You can change today. It's your choice. Today you can choose to change. Today is your day to change. And tomorrow is your day to change. But you have the power today to change. Just like the centurion who didn't stay where he was or stay with his, maybe some of his habits that he'd learned from how he should rule. But actually, I believe he applied these principles that we're going to look at now. Is that okay? Anybody like football? I've lost you all now, have I? Right? Yeah. Anybody like American football? Students who stay up all night at silly hours watching American football. Any, anybody like baseball? Mm, off and off. Anybody? Anybody? Uh, Australian rules. Anybody watched it? I still don't get it. I still don't get American football. I just don't get it. I don't get rugby. I remember playing rugby at school for the first time, right? And it scared the living daylights out of me. I mean, I was like nine stone and like a stick, okay? But I remember them giving Mark Dawson the ball. And he's uh, running towards me and me thinking, this is going to hurt. I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not built for this game. I'm going back to football, right? And then you start throwing the ball and you're like, you can't throw the ball forward. You've got to throw it back. What's, who's, who's invented this game? It's not, for me, football was the be all and end all. And then I'm playing a game with a funny sized ball and, and you can't even throw it forward, but you can kick it forward. And I just, I got all confused. And then somebody later on brought American football into my school. And I'm like, I was confused with rugby, let alone American football. There's too many rules. But here's the deal, right? If we don't know the rules, we can't play, can we? We can't, can we? I remember when I was at primary school, I used to be a primary school teacher. I was teaching the kids, right? We're doing some, you know, warm-up first. You have to do that when you're a primary school teacher. We're going to get warmed up first because that's what you do, right? I noticed Begovic yesterday when he got Chelsea keeper. He didn't warm up. He just came straight on the pitch. I thought, wrong. But anyway... You had to warm up. And I remember saying to the kids, right, what we're going to do, warm up, we're going to run, to the, run around the goals and come back to me. And uh, some of the primary school teachers are going, yeah, that's what I do. We'll just go and run and warm up. But, you know, run to the goals and, and, and come back to me and you'll be ready, right? Simple instructions, simple rule to warm up, right? I'm standing there. Next minute, this kid's flying across the blinking pitch. And the, it was a big field, right? So I'm like, the kids are coming back. But there's one running off. I'm like, there's a kid running off. Right, stay here, get a TA, just stay there. I'm like, where's he going? And he went, woof, over the fields. Anyway, I'm like, oi, Johnny. It's not Johnny. Johnny. Any Johnny's in here? Yeah, Johnny, right? Hey, Johnny, get back here now. I'm like that. And I'm thinking, where's he going? And he come back to me and he's like, what's the matter, sir? I'm like, where are you going? 
He saw me run around the goal over there, see? And it was about half a mile over the pitch. He was doing what he was told to do. He was following the rules, okay? But you know what? I scared the living daylights on me. I thought, what's he doing? He'd seen a goal like half a mile away, and he was running to to done what he told me to do. Here's the deal, right? We, We can only play the game properly if we know the rules. Yeah? You try and play rugby with kids. You try and teach rugby kids. You try and teach them football. It's hard work. Throw-ins, overhead throw-ins, giving them the rules. But it's the same with God's word. If we don't know the word of God, we don't know how to live this life. And, and, and God can give you his word. He can give you the way to live. He can give you how to operate in life and how to overcome and how to be, live a blessed life and how to be successful in business. He can do it all for you. He can give you the rules to live by, but you've got to do something with it. So let's look at what Jesus taught I believe, to help us live our lives to help people. The first thing I think that is key, especially with a centurion, is a generous heart. Any generous people in here? Well, I can't say I'm generous because it's too, you know. Are there any generous people in here? Come on, you're all generous in some area of your life. You may have decided like some areas you're not, but we're all, there's all generosity in our hearts, is there not? Come on, who wants to be a generous person? Who doesn't want to be a generous person? Right, so is there any generous people in here? Come on, there's some generous people. If we're going to be like God, you're going to have to decide if you're going to be a generous person or not. Are there any generous people in here? Right, I know what the problem is. Let, just, do, just do this for me, right? You're all sitting down, so I'll sit down. It makes it easier. Okay. What are you laughing at? You're laughing at? Ready? Just do this. Come on, take part. If you want to be a generous person, you've got to do this, right? Now just flush. Is that better? Right, now you've just flushed your mind, right? Now you can listen, okay? Are we ready now? All that stuff, right? Let's re- relearn some stuff. Are there any generous people in here? Come on, are we going to be a generous church? Because I believe this centurion was a generous person. The people came to him and said, and said to Jesus, here's a man, right, who loves our nation, has built us a synagogue. That's a generous person. He built a synagogue for people that really, he should have been looking after Romans, but he decided to look after his community. He decided to build bridges with people. How did he do that? A generous heart. A generous heart. Let's read what Jesus says. In Luke chapter 6, he says, But I say to you people, one version it says this, for those who listen, I say to you people who are listening to me, there we go, love your enemies. He was a Roman centurion. Jews hated Romans. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Jews hated the Romans. You see where I'm coming from? This is a man who didn't just hear the word, but understood the power of the word and actually was implementing it in his life. Ask God to bless the people who ask for bad things to happen to you. Do you think I find this challenging? I know what my response is generally when somebody upsets me. I want to fire back and have a go and put them back down. Is anybody else like that? But God's got different rules because he's got a different game for us to play. Pray for the people who are mean to you. Wow. If someone hits you, have you ever been hit? It hits. I remember the first time I, get hit, I got hit, I was playing a game in the streets, and my mate, we were about nine years old, and he cracked me on the side of the head. 
And I like shook all the way through. I'm like, I don't like that. Go tell me, mum, mum. Gilly's name was, I've forgiven him, I have, right? Gilly's hit me. I was like a wobble. Can you imagine your mum saying to this, right? If someone hits you on the side of the face, let them hit you on the other side. I'd be like, mother, you're having a laugh. It hurts. Sound a bit funny. Woo, what's that? If someone hits you on the side of your face, let them hit you on the other side too. If someone takes your coat, they're not having my, I love coats. I like coats. Every time I go shopping, Sarah says to me, don't look at the coats. She said it the other week, and what did I come away with? A coat. It was a bargain of £15. I had to have it. I didn't really. Right? If somebody takes your coat, don't stop them from taking your shirt too. I'd be like, you're not having my shirt. I like my shirt. I like that shirt, by the way. Nice shirt. I like my shirt. You're not having my shirt. But he says, no, if someone's taking your coat, don't stop them from taking your shirt too. Give to everyone who asks for something. Wow. Do you find this challenging? Let's carry on. When someone takes something that is yours, don't ask for it back. I've got loads of things I've borrowed out and they never come back. Is anybody else? Christians are the worst for it. Right? You borrow a Christian a book, right? It's like it's gone. No, I never had it. I'm like, I gave it you. No, not me. I'm like, you're Christian, you shouldn't. I gave it you. And then there's times when I think I've, they've had me book, and I'm thinking, oh, have they had me book? You had one for years. Two for years. I went touring around the small, sorry, Dave, right? I went touring around the small groups, and Dave says, oh, yeah, these are my books. I'm like, that's my book there. <laughs> that's my book there. Dave's like, these are your books here. Do you want them? Christians are terrible for books. If you're not a Christian, honestly, don't become one. Because No, I'm just kidding, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. There are good sides to us as well, right? But we just give them away books. He says, what does he say? Someone takes something that is yours, don't ask for it back. Do for others what you want them to do for you. Wow. Just imagine this centurion entering a town of people that hate him, that have taken over their land He's ordered to go and do that and to serve and to be in this community. Yet I believe he applied these principles. He was doing to others what he would have them do to them, what he'd have them do to him. So what did these people need? They want a synagogue. So let's help them with what, where they're at. If you love only those who love you, should you get any special praise for doing that? No, even sinners love those who love them. If you do good only to those who do good to you, should you get any special praise for doing that? No, even sinners do that. If you lend things to people, books as well, always expecting to get something back, should you get any special praise for that? No, even sinners lend to others so that they can get back the same amount. I'm telling you to love your enemies and do good to them. Church, God says love your enemies and do good to them. I know this is a challenge, but I believe this is what God did for us. God, we, the Bible says, we are all enemies to God. We've all fallen short of God's glory. We have all rebelled against God and, and been his enemy. Yet God didn't give up on you and me. He didn't give up on this world. Yet he came to love his enemies, which is you and me. And I believe this centurion understood something of this in his life. I'm telling you to love your enemies and do good to them. 
Lend to people. Here's a challenge. Lend to people without expecting to get anything back. I'll tell you what I do with Christian books. I write my name in it. I write my name in the top inside corner and I'll write it on a page that they can't tear out because I know they can do that. I'll write it on a page. Why? Because I want it back. Let's be honest, we do, don't we? But he says here, lend to people without expecting to get anything back. If you do this, you will have a great reward. Wow. You will have a great reward. Anybody want a great reward? Well, to get a great reward, the Bible says you've got to give it away. You've got to learn to be generous. You've got to learn. It says in the scriptures that the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Does anybody want to grow in faith? Does anybody want to grow in faith? Well, here's, here's for me, one of the principles where this centurion lived his life, a generous heart. Now, I think most of us have all got a generous heart. The problem comes is when we have emotions and thoughts that get in the way of that heart coming out. We're hurt from the past, so we protect ourselves because we've been hurt, so we're stuck on the inside. Or we've got wrong thinking because we think, if I give away, I'm never going to have much. But actually, the Bible teaches if we give, then you'll receive back. God promises to reward you. I don't know about you, but I don't know what kind of reward I'd want. Would I want a reward from the person who's got my book, or do I want a reward from God? What, what, what reward do you want? Who is your rewarder? How you live your life? Is your rewarder the person you work for? Is your, is your rewarder God? Well, my boss told me and treated me like that. Well, who's your rewarder then? Because how you treat your boss is the way that God will reward you. Irrelevant of if they're good or bad, God can be your rewarder. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if you think God is good or whatever, but I believe God is good. So what God will reward you with are good things. Now, it might not be here on earth. It might be up in heaven. Okay? And I don't know what that will look like. I don't know. Or it might not be yet here on earth, it might be delayed for you, but if you trust that God is good and you're rewarded, he will reward those who are faithful to him. Yes? You're still with me this morning? Still smiling? Does anybody need to flush the toilet again? You know, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Give and don't expect anything back. And just, this is probably one of my favorite phrases here. I'm telling you to love your enemies and do good to them. Lend to people without expecting to get anything back. If you do this, you will have a great reward. You will be children of the most high God. Wow. Any children of God in here? So how do we behave like God's children? We love our enemies. We do good without expecting it back. We become a generous people like God was generous. We become merciful as God is merciful. We become kind as God is kind. That's how we become children of God, by actually replicating God's behavior that he did on the cross for you. 
Your sins are forgiven. He cannot give you any more than he's given you. His generosity has been poured out through his precious son, Jesus Christ. You are loved more than anything, than anyone on this planet. He cannot love you anymore with his goodness and his mercy and his kindness. So if that fills your heart, then you are filled with good things to be generous and to be kind in this world. If that's not filled your heart, then you've got to decide what is in your heart. Are you going to love God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind? But if your heart is not full of God, then you're going to struggle to be a generous person. How do we get that? By knowledge of the truth, by a conviction, and by trusting in his word. Well, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out. Well, guess what? Who's your rewarder? Who's your rewarder? Are you going to trust God through your difficulty? Or are you just going to look for highs all the time and feeling emotionally stable where actually God needs to work something through you to mature you and to make you like him so that you reflect his mercy in this world. You reflect his goodness in the world. Is it easy? No. But like I said, you can change. You can say today, I'm going to live a life that brings glory. to. We sang the words earlier that brings glory to God. How do we do that? By replicating his behavior. Well, you're never going to be God. You're not going to carry the sin of the world. You probably think you could, but you can't. You're not going to carry the sin of the world, but you are going to face challenges in this world. You're going to have blessings and challenges, but who are you going to base your life on? What's the philosophy? What's the way you're going to live your life in this world? Are you going to be generous or are you going to retreat and be stingy? Is it a challenge? Yes, but I believe it's the better way to live. I just think this, this really helps me to understand who I am and a little bit of who God is. Although I don't know him, you know, I don't profess to know him all of who he is because I can't. But I've discovered along the journey, little discoveries, revelations, and going through experience of life that God is good and he's faithful and he actually knows better than me. So this, this helps me to understand. This is me. Or let's say this is you. Right? Now this is God. Now, I'm probably minimizing God a little bit, so I am sorry, right, God, because you're not a bubble and this isn't you, but let's say this is God. That's God. Can you all see? For those listening online, I've drawn a small dot to represent you, and I've drawn a, a big circle to represent God, okay? This is God, and this is you. Now, if you just focus on you, then you're just going to have this small amount what you've got. Would you agree? Because it's about you. But if you focus on God, so if we actually put this dot inside here, how much resource now have you got? Is God's kindness bigger than your kindness? So if you're now in God, you have a kindness that is far greater than understanding your kindness. Because you're accepting God in your life. God's kindness is far bigger than anything we've ever known. So let's say the goodness of God. Are you going to trust in your goodness? Or are you going to trust in God's goodness? Because if you trust in God's goodness, if we read the Bible and discover that God's been faithful and good, that he gave his one and only son, if we trust in the truth that God is good and it fills your heart with the goodness of God and how big God is, not how big you are, so that when you come across your enemy or you face difficulty, you're not basing it on 
your goodness. You're basing it on his goodness. And his goodness is everlasting. It doesn't change. It's bigger than anything you can imagine in this world. It fills your heart. Therefore, you have a resource from heaven that is everlasting, that is far bigger than anything you can ever imagine. Anybody feeling generous this morning? Are there any generous people in here? Why? Because God is good and he's poured out all that he can pour out for you. His mercy, his kindness, he's poured into you. Now, if you've never accepted Jesus in your heart, I would encourage you with everything that's within me to open up your heart and trust Jesus with your heart that he died for you and he loves you. And he can't love you anymore. But you need to, you need to open up your heart to that truth, but you also need to begin to experience that truth. The only way you can experience that truth is by swallowing your pride and saying, God, I need you, and allowing his spirit to come into you so it fills you, refreshes you, renews you, transforms you from the inside out. That's where it starts. Is this good? I think this is quite good. Better look at my notes. So, how do we start with a generous heart? What did I say then? Did I say it wrong? How do we start with a generous heart? You got that, right? We start with a generous heart by accepting God's generosity into our lives, believing it, and allowing it to go into our heart. Got that one? Don't try it the other way. It's not good. Let's look at the second thing then, right? He had a generous heart. He had a forgiving heart. He had a forgiving heart. I really believe this. Let's listen to what what Jesus teaches in chapter 6, 37. He says this. Don't judge others and God will not judge you. Don't condemn others and you will not be condemned. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. This This is not about the forgiveness and the mercy and salvation. This is about how you relate to people, how you build bridges with people, okay? This is not, God's mercy is not conditioned by you. God's salvation is not, you cannot earn salvation. The gift of God, salvation, forgiveness of God is a free gift. We just have to accept it. This is how you relate to people. Does that make sense? So this centurion, he had a choice whether actually he listened to the abuse of the people within the community or would he model something different? I think he modeled something different. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give to others and you will receive. You will be given much. It will be poured into your hands more than you can hold. You will be given so much that it will spill into your lap. The way you give to others is the way you give. God, sorry, the way you give to others is the way God will give to you. So generosity and forgiveness are intertwined. You can't say I'm a generous person, but I'm not a forgiving person. Now, if we look at God, the Bible tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for the forgiveness of all of the sins of the world. So if we're to model something to people of this world, and as it said earlier, to become children of God, then we're going to have to put these principles, just like God did, into our hearts. But if we put ourselves here, outside of God... Well, you don't know how that person hurt me. You don't know what they said. No, I don't. And listen, I I do know what it's like to be hurt. And it is hard. And you hold on to it. And you want to deal with it and sort it out. And I don't always understand. You can get confused. But what I have learned is this. That when I do what God says, I actually get a sense of freedom. 
And actually, instead of being minimized by that hurt, it actually expands my future. So if you put yourself in God, who is far greater, when you forgive people, actually what you're doing is you're looking from your past, which is minimizing you, and you're expanding your future because it no longer has a grip on you. Now, some people will offend you. You will get offended. You will get hurt. But you have a choice in your life, and they may you know, do it, and they may be banged out of order, and you may want to tell them, and you know, you've got to stand up for yourself sometimes. But here's the deal. In your heart, don't allow unforgiveness to dwell. Don't allow it because at the end of the day, you're going to minimize your world and you're not going to be happy long term. But if you forgive and allow God's forgiveness in your heart and you forgive people, then you're expanding your future and actually you'll be able to build bridges with people that are out here and lead them to a place in here. Does that make sense? But if you stand aside of them here and began to moan and complain and about people in your workplace, they'll just say, well, you're no different than the other people. But if you model something of humility and kindness and mercy and forgiveness, I know it hurts, I know they were out, out of order. But if you do that, I'll guarantee that God will reward you. Do you believe that? I, I, I was with a, a girl before Sarah for six years, and she did the dirt on me, and it, did my, it, it, it broke me. And, I, and I've told this story before, but I remember... She, she used to work in the same school as me as well. <sighs> Talk about being merciful and kind. She worked in the same school as me. And when I came to Christ, you know, I wanted to just remove the problem out of my life, but it didn't happen. And it actually got worse because the person then crashed the car and I had to give them a lift to school. And they rang me up and said, can you give me a lift to school? I'm thinking, give me a lift to school? Is it just me? I'm like, give you a lift to school. I'll give you a lift to school. I'll give you a lift and run you over I'm thinking, actually, actually, that's not the best way to live, is it? I, I was a new Christian. Give me a bit of grace, right? I'll tell you about Jesus, though. <laughs> In the car, grah, tell you about Jesus. Do you know who Jesus is? But anyway, this is, this, this, this is just my experience, right? This, this is, you can take it or leave it. I'm driving the car, and I'm driving it to work, and I felt a nudge in my heart, or whatever you want to say. I felt, forgive, you know, say sorry. And I'm like, say sorry. Do you know what they did to me? Do you know what they did? Do you know how painful it was? You want me to, it's them saying sorry to me. It's about me. Me. I got hurt. Me over here. Me. And I, I just believe it was God saying to me, Paul, you need to say sorry. I haven't done anything. Say sorry. And at the time, I didn't realize how offended I was and how hurt I was. And I'd taken on that hurt. And this is what I did. I went, uh, I just want to say sorry. <laughs> I'm driving the car. I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck in the car. It's not like I can open the window or the eject button, you know, gone. I'm sorry, gone. Oh, it's done. No, it's like the next to me. I'm sorry. Oh, how stupid. How stupid was that? I'm like, you're God and I'm following you. How stupid is this? I don't even know if you're real or whatever. But I knew I was reading the Bible, I was hungry for God, and I knew it was the right thing to do, and something in my heart was saying, you know, I need to say sorry. And I said sorry. And do you know what she said to me? What are you on about? What for? And I'm like, now I'm feeling even more stupid. How daft was that? But do you know what happened? About 30 seconds later, 
she said this. She said, I'm sorry too. I'm sorry too, what I've done. It broke my heart. But on that day, I believe God was saying to me, Paul, there's another way to live now. And I want you to lead that way. And did I feel stupid yet? Was it hard? Yes, it was. But I'll tell you what happened after she said that to me. I never felt the same again. I felt such a release. I felt such a, it's done, it's finished, I moved on. I'm not holding on to the past anymore. I'm following Jesus and I'm forgiving it and I'm moving on. Was it easy? No, it wasn't. But there was a bigger future that I had to then put myself into God and form a relationship based on, on the truth and on the word of God and on love, not on my insecurities and hurt and pain, but it was built on God. And I was having to move on. Was it easy? No, but it was the best thing to do because it expanded my world and expanded my future and I had to choose to forgive and move on. I just believe God's word works. He's the rewarder of those who follow him. Is this okay? Have a forgiving heart. Why should we have a forgiving heart? Got it right that time. Why should we have a forgiving heart, right? Because of this. Because God is forgiving. God has forgiven you, me, of all of our sins. We're whiter than snow. Whiter than snow. You have a new start. If you accept God in your life, in your heart, you have a new start. The past is gone. You are forgiven. Yes, you can't change the past, but now you can change the future. Or let the past keep, keep dictating to you. Or say, do you know what? I'm going to follow God. I'm going to put his word into, into, into practice in my life. I'm going to have a generous spirit. I'm going to have a forgiving spirit. I'm going to model Jesus to those around me. Yes, I might look stupid. Yes, I might get shamed. But do you know what? I'm living for Jesus. I'm not living for me anymore. He was shamed on a cross for you. He was put on. He was beaten. He was whipped. You know, people despised him, mistreated him. Yet he marveled at a man who put his trust in him. He marveled at a man who should not have been on this plan, a plan with what God's plan was, but he was in because he grasped the rules, he heard the word in his heart, and he put the principles in place in his life. I want to encourage you, church. May your faith have a substance. May it be based on truth, and may you outwork it in your life, in your family, in your workplace, so that you can bring glory to God, and you can point people to Jesus. You know, Jesus actually teaches in here, he says, what good? Can a blind man lead a blind man? Have you ever held on to a blind person? There's a blind lady in our street and she's got a stick and, you know, she's not very old actually. It, it, it's, it's, it upsets us. You know, but she follows a stick. But she has a person who she walks in front of times and she puts her arms on, the, on her and they can see. They can see and they can lead them. But if we are not followers of God and modeling something, and understanding his word. We can't lead people to anything if we don't know who God is. And I want to encourage you wherever you're at, build your life on God. Build your life on having a generous heart because God is good. What do you do with that generosity? Do good to people, especially to those who are in here, but also to those who mistreat you. Why? Because you're leading people to God by your lifestyle, not just telling them about Jesus, although we need to tell them the truth, but your lifestyle gives people something to follow. What is it about that person? Even though they were mistreated in the office, they responded with such grace and such kindness and such mercy. 
I don't know about you, but I want Jesus to marvel at my faith. Does that mean I'll be the best person in society? Not necessarily, although you could be. This guy was a successful person taking responsibility. You see, if we put ourselves in God, there's so much that God has for us. There's so much goodness. There's so much kindness. There's so much love. A love that's never-ending, that's everlasting. You may go work tomorrow and say, or, or go somewhere tomorrow and say, I don't feel loved. Well, that's not the truth. You're building your life on your emotions. You need to begin to change the way you think by the word of God, which is the truth, that you are loved. When I said to you, are you generous? You were like, mm, not sure. Yes, you are generous because you're designed in the image of God and God is generous and he wants you to be generous. So are you loved this morning? Come on, we're loved. I don't feel loved. It doesn't matter. God loves you. Build your life on the word of God, not on how you feel. Are you my friend this morning? Because if you do that, what you'll do is you'll mature and you'll grow and you'll have a solid foundation that even though the storms come against you, you will not move because you're based on God, not on who you are. And God won't change. Good news. You change, life changes. Jobs change. Things happen. Jesus says you'll face them. But here's the deal. God doesn't change. This isn't changing. It's actually expanding as more and more people come into it. It's growing. It's expanding. It's the church. It's you. It's God in you as you put your faith in God. That the faith in you is never going to end. It's going to keep growing and keep expanding as you learn more about God and as you put the word of God into practice in your life on a daily basis, then you will expand and grow in who God is in this world. I think that's good. You know, the issue here comes from the heart. And Jesus said, you know, there's a good tree and a bad tree teaches in here. How do we know if it's a good tree? Well, it does good things. How do you know you're a good person? Go and do good things. Most of us are bad people, but God comes into our heart and forgives us and makes us new as we fix ourselves on him. How do you become, how do you do good? Go do good. Look out for opportunities this week to do good. How do you do that? By being generous and forgiving people. It's that simple. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That those who believe in him shall not die but have everlasting life. The goodness of God has been poured out. The love of God has been poured out. And it's been poured out into your heart. And it's for you to learn about it, to discover it, and to model it to those around you. Therefore, you won't be blind. You'll see and you'll lead others to where God is because you're not blind, you see. Let us pray. I'm going to ask Rich up. You know, maybe you're here this morning and, you know, you've, you've been hurt. And um, I don't know what your pain's like. I don't know what your experience is like. But one thing I do know is 
God knows. And um, if you come to God and you trust God, He heals the brokenhearted. And maybe you're here this morning, you've been hurt and, you know, you, you struggle to trust or, you know, and we all struggle to a point and to a level, but, you know, maybe God wants to speak to your heart this morning to pour goodness and love into your heart to begin to set you free. But, you know, it takes a choice from you to say, do you know what? I'm going to forgive that person. I'm going to go on a journey of dealing with my emotions. But today you can be set free in your heart if you believe in your heart that God forgives you. So as we pray, maybe there's people in here you've, you've, you've struggled to trust. And this morning you're going to choose not to trust me, not to trust the people of the past, but to trust in a living God who's alive and loves you and wants the best for you. So Father, we just pray for people right now. And if you're here, you know, and it's speaking to you, and maybe you feel God speaking to you this morning, you can ask God this morning to forgive you, forgive you for all your sins, forgive you for what's going on in your life and to accept that God loves you. So Father, we just pray for people right now to receive your forgiveness, to receive your love. And Father, I just pray that they do that by faith, trust in their hearts and confess with their lips that Jesus is God. And if you're here this morning, you do that, just, you know, if you pray that way in your heart, you believe that within your heart, just lift up your hand this morning and say, I'm going to believe God in my heart this morning. It's between you and God. I'm going to trust God this morning with my heart. And Father, we just pray for every other person in here to be filled afresh with the blessing of God, the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the kindness of God, the anointing upon them that gives them the ability to break through situations that they've never broken through before. And that God, I pray for your power in their lives to give them the strength, come on, courage, have the courage, come on, the courage to follow God, the courage to break through, the courage to lead people to God not only with words, but with your life. Father, we pray this morning for a strength and a courage within each person to follow you in the name of Jesus. Amen.